Tales, James Knoll here, coming to you from Studio X in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Thank you for waiting on this episode. I actually went to record this introduction yesterday, but everybody in my neighborhood decided to have a lawn mowing party. And every single time, literally, when I hit record, somebody started up their lawnmower or their weed whacker or some other gas-powered instrument. So I kind of had to wait to, uh, to record this. And then, again, this morning, when I went to go record... Somebody else started up their lawnmower. And so lawnmower noise, birds chirping, cars driving by are all the perils of home recording. I don't have a huge update today. All of the projects are going swimmingly. Blood and Gold is in the first quarter of its second development draft. I've set a date for myself to be done by the middle of next week, so a week and a half from now. I don't think I'm going to hit that deadline. It'll probably be more like two and a half weeks, after which it goes back to Chip. My editor, he's going to give me his further feedback. So I'm hoping to actually release this in late July, early August. The movie, Lilith, is also going great. We've got our cast. If you were listening last week, you heard that. The flights are booked. The hotels are booked. The food is booked. The only thing we're looking at right now is nailing down gear and rentals and about 9 billion other details that I'm not going to bore you with. The production is about one month away, which is really exciting. We will update you with behind-the-scenes footage and pictures. We'll put that on LilithFilm.com. We'll also put it up on our IMDb page. You can still donate to the production. All you have to do is go to LilithFilm.com. The money that you donate goes towards a professional production. It's paying creatives, local businesses, local restaurants, cast, crew, all that good stuff that is going to making this film outstanding. The last thing that I want to leave you with is just a blanket disclaimer about the character of the rabbit. If you listened two weeks ago, I gave a disclaimer for that one particular chapter. And in reading this latest one, I realized that he's just kind of an offensive guy. And that's the point. I wanted to write an anti-hero who, despite his obvious flaws, actually does good. His main saving grace other than his desire to do good is also his sense of humor, but I get that his sense of humor is a little crass and vulgar. And he can say some pretty repellent things. He has some opinions and questionable morality. So this is a blanket disclaimer for every single chapter the rabbit is in. And at this point, it's going to be every third chapter because I'm going to introduce a new character pretty soon, Coatl. Wheeler and Coatl the jaguar and the snake, and the rabbit, the jaguar, and the snake, are more of the heroic archetype, even if they have their flaws as well, which makes them more interesting. But the goal all along was to make sure that the rabbit figures out a way to change who he is and become a better person. So hopefully you'll see that as these chapters go along. That said, enjoy this week's chapter of The Rabbit, the Jaguar, and the Snake, The Rabbit.
So yeah, that happened. People came and went. They died. Ain't nobody came to let us go, though. Fuckers left us hanging on them scaffolds like animals. Tragic, tragic. Then, a few weeks after Morty and Asshole done what they'd done and had did to them what they had did, we was awoke by a most glorious sound. I opened my eyes in the gray light of the pre-dawn city, and all was calm and still. No moans, no suffering, nothing but the skitter of leaves on the asphalt and the new day's breeze kissing the streets. That and the crackling flames from the poor fuck who got himself burned alive the night before. First of all, I wasn't too sure I heard what I thought I heard. I mean, I heard it. But when I looked around to see if anybody else did, ain't nobody did nothing but hang there, lifeless and broken. I guess they all thought, well, this is it. They're finally coming to get us. But it didn't confront me none. My time in that jail cell taught me a few things. I seen and heard stuff that wasn't real. Brutal monsters with eyes in their shoulders swarming a fortress in a swamp. Twitches swarming a Snyder on the hot black tarmac that led to a silver skyscraper. Bugs swarming the floor after a rainstorm, a chittering insectile carpet. Wait, that last one was real. I dined me something special for a few days when that happened, I tell you true. But all them visions eventually dissolved into nothing. The monsters, the twitches, the skyscraper. I seen them and didn't see them. Couldn't unsee them. But they wasn't there no more. So it was with them voices. No sense in freaking out. They'd disappear soon enough. Might as well enjoy it. The ancient melodies and harmonies, the soft poetic lyrics, some ancient shit sounded both human and not human. Beautiful, beautiful. It was so beautiful that I popped a boner. It was so beautiful that even Wildcat lifted up a head and opened her eyes. And that's when I knew it was real. Then they came, the white robes. Hundreds of them. Men, women, robes so clean that they glowed in the morning light. They turned the corner right when the sun crested the tallest building on the street, spotlighting the path from their feet to ours, like Ra himself willed it so. Or Apollo, or Saul, or Wallace, or Horus, or Yo-Yo, or Ravi, or Huitzilopochtli, or Kanisha Hu, or whoever or whatever the fuck you worshipped. Oh, that singing was so sweet. And they really made a production of it, too, walking slow and ceremonious-like, picking around the abandoned cars and barriers, finally breaking upon the scaffolds and filtering through the rows. Ten bucks they eat us alive, I said. Wildcat snorted. Come on! She screamed as they passed. She tugged on her restraints. Come and get me! Come and get me! Two of them stopped. They caressed her swollen limbs. Yeah, that's it! She screamed. Just a little closer. I'll chew your fucking eyes out! Jesus, I knew she was violent, but... Jesus. Then them two white robes did something I never thought they'd do. They started to untie her. Really? First, they loosened the knots on the straps holding her to the scaffold. Then they unlocked her chains. Wildcat wasn't having nothing of that. She snapped at them with her teeth, gnashing and laughing at the same time, generally living up to a nickname. They avoided her plenty skillful, almost like they'd done it before or something. I'd have wanted to smack her around a little bit, show her what's what, but they took the opposite approach, putting their hands on her cheeks, stroking the fuzz that had started to grow back on her scalp. Must have been magic hands because Wildcat calmed down after that, so much so that when they cut the last chain, she slumped right into the arms of the big black guy and passed out. Then he cradled her against his chest and turned around, singing to her as he walked back the way he come. What about me? Look, she was a cute girl, huh? Gorgeous, really. And when she smiled at me, I felt a warm glow in my belly, the kind of glow I got whenever someone as gorgeous as her smiled at a schmuck like me. But there wasn't nothing gorgeous about what she'd done next, which was to draw her fingers across her throat two times and say, 
as she turned around to catch up with her partner. The fuck's that supposed to mean? She wiggled her fingers at me over her shoulder. I ever get off this thing? I'm gonna f f my foot in your ass. This didn't seem to concern her none. One by one, the choir took someone off a scaffold and carried him or her away until I was one of the few still left. That made me feel a little nervous, like a kid on Christmas morning who don't see no presents with his name on it. And right when my nervousness turned the corner from Butterflies Boulevard to Panic Parkway, I seen her, the last white robe, heading right for me. I ain't sure how to describe her, other than say that she was hot. I mean, what do you want me to say? Beauty's subjective, ain't it? What's good for one don't work for another. In the history of beauty, there ain't too many universals. Except for Jane Mansfield, or Dorothy Dandridge, or Bridget Bardot, or Sybil Shepard, or Tia Carrere, or Elle McPherson, or Kate Upton. So imagine the hottest woman you've ever seen, and that's what this one looked like. She had teeth, she had hair, she was hot. And by the time I stopped thinking about her hotness, she'd already removed my straps and chains and picked me up off that scaffold all gentle. I was so light that she slung me over her shoulders, my head and arms dangling down her back, which was pretty funny because when she turned and started to walk back to wherever it was she was walking back to, I let my hand slip down her robe and I squeezed her ass. I had visions, dreams, a mechanical dragon circling a great silver bullet, a school in the mountains blanketed by snow with huge shadowy forms slinking around in the surrounding woods. And then the widow Mrs. Feldman showed up. Ugh. Remember all them hot chicks I just listed? Why couldn't it have been one of them instead? But it wasn't. It was her. She was all fucked up, too. More fucked up than usual. Busted legs, busted face. And she kept trying to say something to me, but I couldn't hear her. And the more I couldn't hear her, the more frustrated she got, screaming at me, pitching eight kinds of fits. I didn't know what she wanted me to do about it. I couldn't hear fuck all from fuck all. And the next thing I knew, somebody punched me awake, yelling, Welcome to hell, asshole! When I didn't move, he yelled, Wake up! Now! So I did. I opened my eyes, like I had a choice. First thing I noticed was that someone had spiffed me up in a gray tracksuit and trainers. Premium stuff. Not my style, but premium stuff. Second thing I noticed was my body wasn't all broken no more. No more stick-like wrists, no more concave chest. I was me again. Hale and hearty, just like when I was a young man, before them cops locked me away in that cell in the basement. Last thing I noticed was I had no idea where I was. But before I could think anymore, whoever punched me awake the first time punched me awake again. I said, get up, asshole! I am up, asshole. It was some goon, some run-of-the-mill goon. I seen guys like him a hundred different times. Only this one had his hair clipped tight to his head. Never seen that before. You gonna get up? Or am I gonna have to punch you awake again? I opened my mouth to respond, and he punched me again. Fuck's sake, I said. You keep doing that, and I'll take that fist and... And he punched me one more time. Get your ass up and get in line. All right, so fuck it, I got up. I was in the top bed of a bunk, so when I sat up, I dangled my feet over the edge, a little surprised at the strength of my legs. Man, I felt better than I had in years. The definition of my muscles, the ability to actually sit up without getting woozy. It was like I was brand new, whole. Unfortunately, whoever was under me didn't share these personal sentiments. Get your fucking feet out of my fucking face, he said. Then he punched me in the Achilles heels. Both of them. First the left, then the right. Fuck's sake. Watch it with the punching, I said. I just got them things back. Old heel puncher, he didn't waste no time. Grabbed me by the legs and yanked me straight off my bunk. I landed hard on my ass. And the next thing I seen was teeth and fists and nails. Logically, the next thing I felt was biting, punching, and scratching. I wish I could have fought back. 
but it was enough work for me to cover my head with my arms, let alone strategy myself out of the attack. Plus, my specialty was sneaking and cutting, two skills that don't necessarily apply to that particular situation. Actually, I did try something. I tried to knee the bastard right in the nuts, but that only made him laugh. Do it again, he yelled, and I did, two, three, four times, but that was about as useful as a baseball bat in an orgy. Actually, never mind. Try not to think too much about that last simile, okay? Meanwhile, all the other dipshits in the barracks, and they was all wearing the same gray tracksuits and trainers I had on, surrounded us, screaming, yelling, generally behaving like people does when a fight breaks out, which is to say like idiots. I'd had enough already, that much was evident. I needed for one of them to H a B.O., which finally somebody did, at which point I realized why my ball-kicking strategy didn't have no effect on his balls, because the guy didn't have no balls, and I don't mean that he was ballless. Like at one point in time he had a set, and then magically, poof, they was gone. First of all, that ain't the way things work. Nuts ain't like skin tags. They don't just fall off, usually. And secondly, that's not at all what I'm talking about anyway. Ah, fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Okay, hold on. Balls. I was talking about balls. Nuts. The boys. The family jewels. Kiwis. Nods. Nuggets. Knackers. Rocks. Cobblers. Ghoulies. Gonads. And the fact that the guy who I kicked them in didn't have none. Because he wasn't a guy. He was a she. Like Lola. L-O-L-A Lola. Only the opposite. She'd never been a he. Not to my knowledge, at least. She was Wildcat, to be exact. The one who bit Morty's cheek off? Truth to tell, I was actually happy to see her. Wildcat! I yelled. Fuck you! She yelled back. She looked real good. Strong legs and arms and back. Athletic build. Not too shabby in the face, neither. The goon who woke me up by punching me in the face pulled her off and put her in a bear hug. All right, he snarled, dodging a flash of teeth. Knock off the grab ass. The barracks flooded with goons, about 20 of them, all bullshit and bluster, waving their black batons in the air and barking at everybody to get the fuck out on the lawn, maggots. And so we did, all of us. I couldn't help but notice that every neighborhood in the neighborhood seemed to have a representative or two in attendance. There was the Satan Sultans, Satan Suckers, Satan Sufties, Satan Shahs, Satan Sheiks, Satanic Assassins, Satanic Assistants, Secretaries of Satan, War Kings, War Barons, War Zars, Ninth Street Sinners, Twelfth Street Saints, Ministers of Mayhem, Marquises of Mischief, the Devils, the Dukes, the Disciples, Beakers, Breakers, Bleeding Bone Shakers, Baker Street Boys, Boulevard Bobbies, Vampires, Viscounts, Dragons, Dragoons, Housets, North Enders, Southsiders, Champs, Chumps, Puglies, Fuglies, Cockblock, Cunk Kickers, CBCK, Penny Anties, Hateful Hooligans, Cheeky Bastards, Greedy Bastards, Bloody Bastards, Bonnie Bastards, Regular Old Bastards, and about nine zillion of the bastards I ain't got time to list here because the neighborhood was huge and ever-expanding. They didn't discriminate, neither. They got men, women, white, black, purple, orange, the pick of the neighborhood's litter. On the way out, one of them goons took it a step too far, and a couple of cunt kickers tried to fight back. Had enough sack to take a few swings, even. It wasn't like they had a chance. Goons is goons, and these was military goons. So them cunt kickers, they got themselves kicked in the cunts right good. Also, a couple of baton shots straight to the solar plexus. That was some right shystery baloney right there. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for dirty fighting. Got a handful of sand? Grind it in the enemy's eyes. Palm on a razor blade? Slice his mouth to shreds. But that's only okay if the people involved knew they was fighting. And none of us knew we was fighting. We'd all just been crucified, what, 24 hours ago? I guess I must have paused a little too long because one of them goons got right up in my muzzle and yelled, 
Get your ass out on the lawn. Ow, 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 ow. So I put up my hands and let him push me through the barracks and out the front door. The lawn was exactly what it sounded like, a lawn. A long stretch of green right in the middle of a half dozen barracks, just like the one I just got kicked out of. It was ringed by vine-covered oak trees, with a few magnolias thrown in for flavor. To the right loomed the forest. At the end stood a stage. They lined us up in rows to face it, screaming and carrying on and such. And who'd they put next to me? Wildcat. You believe this shit? I asked her. Fuck you. Fuck me? Fuck you. You think I give a fuck about you? No, I don't think you give a fuck about me. I was just saying. Well, say it to somebody else. All the other barracks emptied out onto the lawn, too. And while most of them consisted of your standard minga, it looked like a few of the goons had also plucked themselves an entire contingent of... I mean, don't get me wrong, I ain't no racist. I hate everybody. I thought of them as top-knots. On account of the top-knots, some of them wore the hair up in. They preferred to call themselves Tlek, which is pretty badass as far as I'm concerned. More badass than top-knots. So that's what else I seen out there on the lawn. A shit ton of Tlek. The goons barked and snarled as they marched up and down the lines, occasionally clubbing some poor schmuck in the temple or knocking some other poor schmuck to the ground. Other than that, it was a nice day. The sky stretched out over us like it always done. Baby blue shot through and through with wispy strips of white. And that lawn? I gotta tell you, whoever they pay to do the landscaping deserved a promotion and a bonus and a couple of handies, because that green looked greener than any green I ever seen. Little by little, the goons stopped yelling. Wasn't no sound at all. Not even bug sounds coming from the forest. And trust me, after all them years listening for even the tiniest Twitter, I knew what to listen for. There should have been ways of cicadas singing this song. And in that kind of heat, and that close to the woods, we should have been slapping mosquitoes and dodging bees. I looked around to see if anybody else noticed. Even the city people had to know that a forest without insects wasn't no good. But guess what? Nobody did. None of them. Not one cunt kicker, not one pugly, not one fugly, a hooligan, or any of them bastards had a clue. I gave Wildcat a glance. Ain't no insects in the woods. What? Ain't no insects in the woods. Jesus, do you ever shut up? Sometimes. You hear what I just said? She didn't answer. Then some guy took the stage. He was dressed for a night out, it looked like. Cream-colored fedora, cream-colored zoot suit, two-tone two-tones. He glared out at us all. A goon wheeled a podium with a microphone on it in front of him, but he didn't take it up. He waited there for what? I don't know, three hours? With the staring and shaking his head? Maybe he was waiting for them to plug the PA system in. Then he finally took off his hat, snapped the sweat off his brow with a finger, and leaned into the mic. Ah, zoot. I'll never forget the first time I saw you. How's it? He said. A few of the houses spread throughout the audience gave a tentative, How's it? in response. But when it became clear nobody else was doing it, they went mute. Zoot waited a beat, and then he said it again. How's it? Nothing this time. Not even the houses gave him a how's it. That seemed to seriously piss him off. He threw his hands up in the air and turned around, jawing at his goons. The mic picked up a few choice words and phrases like morons and dumb bastards and Jesus fuck. One of them looked like he was trying to explain something, but Zoot wasn't having it. He chewed the guy's ear off instead, finishing up with a, the fuck you know what you're doing, as he turned back to the mic. He put his hands on his hips, potting his jacket as he did so. Then he turned to the side and barked out a foul word. Okay, you cunts, Zoot said. He held out his arms all dramatic, like he was about to make a big pronouncement. Like this was a grand finale, the showstopper. He took a deep breath, let it out, and said, How's it? A few of the houses tried again, 
but everybody else still had no clue what the fuck was going on. Wisp is in the crowd. The fuck's he doing? The fuck you want us to do? The fuck's going on now? Zoot slammed his hand on the podium, and the PA shrieked out some feedback. Holy shit, he snapped. You all can't really be that stupid. Someone in the crowd yelled, Hey, fuck you, asshole. Who said that? Who the fuck said that? The crowd erupted with laughter, and Zoot looked over to some of his goons and made a quick motion with his fingers across his neck. Just like that, two of them dotted into the ranks and pulled some jerk out of the line. From the mashed-up state of his nose and mouth, and the cauliflower ears, and the wonky eyes, it looked like he was a fugly. Or a pugly. Never could get them two right. Get your friggin' hands off me, he cried. The goons dragged his ass right up to the stage, forced him down on his hands and knees, and held him there. Zoot took the mic off the stand and leaned over him. What's your name, son? My name? My name's Fuck You, that's what it is. Oh, well, hello, Fuck You. I'm Zoot, and you're screwed. He gave us a wide smile and a wink. So, Fuck You, you're fugly, yeah? Yeah, what of it? You guys is known for what? Some pretty nasty shit, huh? Watch it, old man. You like to fight, Daddy? Rip off the ears with the teeth? Punch in the nuts with the shiv? Sand in the eyes, slice the Achilles. Fuck you seemed to relax a little. Yeah, so? Well, for once in your miserable life, you're gonna have to play by the rules. My rules, got it? Fuck you opened his mouth, but Zoot read the room and cut him off. Never mind, listen. I'm gonna give you a chance to apologize for what you said. Can you do that? Apologize? No. No? Why not? Because fuck you, that's why not. You know who I am? You know what I done? What I could do to you? Zoot balled up his fists and clobbered the guy in the jaw. Fuck you spit blood and showered the stage with a string of curse words, but Zoot ignored it. And, even though nobody was clapping, he took a bow. Nervous laughter dotted the crowd. He turned, put the mic back on its stand, and gestured for one of his goons backstage. And when he turned back around, he was holding a huge battle axe. Fuck you changed his tune when he saw the blaze of that thing gleaming in the sun, you better believe it. Whoa, 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 chief. Wait a... But before he could finish, old Zoot raised the axe over his head and cut the guy's head clean off. It bounced on the stage and onto the ground, followed by the inevitable spurt of blood. The crowd erupted, especially the Fuglies. They was yelling and cursing and threatening, but Zoot, he didn't have none of it. He grabbed the mic and raised the bloody axe over his head. Any of you fucks want to say something, you come on up here and say it to my face. I ain't never heard no crowd quiet down as fast as we did right then. Seriously. Zoot stared out over us, waiting for somebody to fuck up, but nobody did. And then, out of nowhere, someone did the best thing anybody could have done in that situation. He farted. And not just any fart, but a fart with the volume and frequency of a million infants. A squeaker, too. Long, loud, like whoever done it had been holding it in for hours. It sounded like letting the air out of a gigantic balloon. I was impressed. Not with the fodder, and not with old Zoot, though that was some impressive shit he'd done. If this was a job interview, I'd have hired him right on the spot. Nah, I was impressed with the goons surrounding the goon who squeaked out that squeaker. Not a snort did they utter, not a peep did they mutter. If it had been me next to him, my head would be bouncing in the dirt too, because that shit was funny, and I didn't think Zoot was in the mood for laughter. When the thought finally ended, he nodded, as if the whole thing had been planned. That's what I thought, he said. He ran his hand over his face like he was exhausted or something. Every time. Every time. You know, I don't even know why I bother anyway. We need cold cuts, not cooked cock. I could hear eyebrows furrow with that one. 
Ain't nobody was brave enough to ask, but I knew what they was thinking because what they was thinking was what I was thinking, which was this. What the fuck's he talking about? Listen up, fuckos, he said. It's this simple. When I say, how's it, you say, how's it back? Got it? How's it? How's it? So, how's it? The collective how's it we returned was so loud that it scared a few birds nesting in the gutters of the barracks. Zoot looked like he didn't know whether to laugh or not. Finally, he lowered the axe and said, Fuck's sake. He leaned heavy on the podium. I'll make this simpler than I usually do because I think you're retarded. He pointed the axe at the forest. Don't go in there. He pointed the axe at the goons. Do what they say. He pointed the axe at us. You fuck any of that shit up? He held the axe in the air again. I'll kill you myself. Thank you everybody for listening this week don't forget to check out lilithfilm.com jamesnoll.net forward slash bg and you can support this show for as little as one dollar on patreon.com it's patreon.com forward slash mad tales you guys rock i'll see you next week